Welcome to The Cocoon, where the 99% transform into 100%. I'm your host, Michael Baker, and you're listening to the Open Door Podcast Series. Please welcome my guest from Portland, Oregon, Greg Allen. Greg Allen of Hollowed Halls. Yes. Yes. It's so good to have you in here. Thank you. Yeah, it's wonderful for to be up. here. Yeah, I appreciate it's it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. All right. So I want to introduce you to people who haven't heard of you or heard of this wonderful space that you're creating. Um, tell us a little about, about you. Okay. So I'll start with me first, I guess. Yeah, you. I don't so much identify as the owner of the Hallowed Halls, although okay. that's a part of my identity. More core to myself is being a musician, mm. being a yogi, being just a kind of a contemplative person, cultivating self-awareness. That's really where I feel the most like naturally expressed. Mm. The business owning is uh, more of a new uh, endeavor for me and it feels like a steep learning curve. I'm growing a lot. I'm learning a lot. Um, yeah. So the Hallowed Halls is a recording studio primarily. Um, it's also an event space. It's housed in a very old, very mm. elegant, very large brick building, originally a library. Um, it was originally a library? That's right. About 100 years old. Now, did you renovate it yourself, wouldn't you? Um, we did to an extent, yeah. Quite a bit of renovation on the inside. Because it's on the National Register of Historic Places, we aren't allowed to do a lot to it um, as far as the exterior and some of the original mm. Um, woodwork inside but yeah we turned it into a recording studio we built um, quite a bit of soundproofing walls and stuff like that wow yeah it's a beautiful space um, and it has a vibe to it you know like a lot of people say that when they walk in like oh yeah I can feel yeah you know some energy here there's a the building has character to it yes it does and people like to record in there they like to have events in there all right let's go back to something first before, oh. before we get into hollow tolls okay so you said you were a yogi a yogi and a um musician obviously yes i, mean, I say obviously because i know that but uh, so tell us what is a yogi um i guess at its essence a yogi is one who practices yoga so you're yoga. And Got then um, <laughs> you could ask the follow-up question, well, how do you define yoga? And I might define it differently than um, your average person off the street, at least mm -hmm. in modern America. I feel like your average person off the street in modern America feels or understands yoga to be more of a fitness right. exercise, more of a, a fad. It's kind of trendy. It's kind of sexy. It's good at yoga. Um, yeah. Everyone's doing it and drinking their green juice <laughs> and wearing their, uh, you know, right. tight yoga pants. Right, right, but right. But for me, it's more of a spiritual path. More, of, okay. it includes meditation. Um, yeah, it's basically defined traditionally as a state of union or a practice of um, achieving a state of union. Mm -hmm. So that union, really, experience of connection with mm -hmm. everything yourself, expanded really beyond your physical body, but. A part of everything. So would that, and I've asked this before, you were talking about Shalom. We had Shalom in here and of course, you know, but everybody has a different perspective. So is this a spiritual, um, uh, is this religion? You know, people that don't understand the aspect, is that how you right. consider it? it is, yeah, it's tied to uh, religious practice. For me, not so much. Traditionally, yeah, right. you know, it really stems out of the same culture as Hinduism. So there's a lot of mantras mm. that involve a lot of deities and 
people might think of those deities differently than how I do. My personal relationship with the mantras is more like invoking an energy, mm-hmm. not so much thinking of them as real gods. God. Right, right. Yeah, in like uh, the way that they're depicted in the mythology, but more like parts of ourselves that we can right. express and embody. Right. Um, so I really don't see too much value in religion. I think that for some people, it's very valuable for me. Um, yeah, it's a little too much structure, a little bit mm-hmm. too much telling me what how the world is. I'm more of a curious seeker, stay open all the time, stay humble all the time. Um, so, yeah, I have a spiritual teacher who um, was influential on me. Um, she was like, reality has nothing to do with your beliefs, mm. right? Mm. So Reality has nothing to do with your beliefs. Right. Reality is almost like... Uh, objective it's unchanging and we all have these different experiences and Mm. um a lot of people believe a lot of different things right there's Mm -hmm. a million different worldviews and they're all in contradiction to each other so what is what does that say about reality well of course you know my reality has to be the perfect one because it's my reality and if you come against it i'm gonna have to war against you right Unfortunately, um, that is what a lot of people would say. Right. But yeah, for me, I try to just stay open, stay curious. And um, one thing that I love about Judaism, the tradition that I was raised in, is that it actually encourages a lot of questioning. Mm. There are certain um, traditions and rituals and stories, you know, like to help guide you on a path. um, Yeah, to maybe a heart-centered world where you're in service you could interpret it however you want um but it really encourages this questioning and like don't take anything um at face value really read deeper into the text make it relevant to your own life Mm -hmm. etc yeah i love that so yeah yoga for me really took me um out of the kind of the more structured way that Judaism was presented to me, which I was like, eh, I don't know if I really believe any of that when I was in college exploring. You mean Judaism or? or Judaism. Okay. Uh, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to keep up with this, <laughs> all these rituals. I'm not sure what they really mean. Mm-hmm. But then yoga just led me on to a more uh, spiritual path of cultivating mindfulness in my everyday life. And then when I looked back at what Judaism was offering, I found some more depth and some meaning in it and sort of reintegrated pieces of it into my life. Yeah. I see. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. And there's been community that I've been able to connect with that sort of shares that Mm -hmm. like, um, adding more meaning and significance um, as it relates to our personal lives as we experience spirituality, you know, in dance or yoga or music or Mm. wherever we find it and letting that be a part of the Judaism. And the arts, the expression. Um, Okay, let's go to the music, the musica. So you're a musician. That's right. What do you you play? I primarily play the viola. Mm. Um, I play the violin and the viola. I like the viola a little more. What's the difference? Viola is a fifth lower. It's a little bit bigger. It's basically an octave above a cello Mm. and a fifth below a violin. So it occupies Mm. this really beautiful Mm. mid-range. It goes lower than a violin can, um, but you can still play it a lot like a violin. It's very similar to a violin. You can easily get up into the same range as a violin Mm. as well. 
Um, yeah. How long have you been doing that? Started playing the violin when I was nine. Nine. And I'm 27 now. So oh, okay, so quite a while. A good 18 years. Nice. I was playing the piano since age seven, um, and I still can bust out a few jams <laughs> on the piano. <laughs> well, um, we had one here. I'd let you play, but nothing. We should have you bring. Th- that'd be the next one. Okay, I'll I would play like for to do the that. I would, I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Lately, I've been playing a lot with a looper pedal. Um, What's that? A looper pedal it lets you record um, for a number of minutes, and then when you stop recording, it'll repeat whatever you. Do. Oh, I. Oh. So you can add layers and layers upon. Yes. Um, you just write. bought one. Sorry, I've I'm had so it for a little while. Yeah. I'm like, I want to use that. So that's. Yeah, you're the, welcome to come over. And yes. We is, can jam. That is this the one fun. you have at your at your house or at your studio? Uh, it's at my house. Yeah, it's this is house. like a portable thing. I'll go play at yoga classes, is <gasps> primarily, and then I'll also use it to songwrite for albums that I record. Interesting. It's a great tool for songwriting. Okay. So, basically. I'll try to explain this, but you you help me out here. Uh, the looper, I've seen. I mean, I've seen him on TV, and of course, my friend has one. Um, and uh, you know, you're you're recording. Let's say I'm singing, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, but then I want to add some harmony to myself. I can do that, and so I can keep going. I can create whatever I want. I can basically create a whole orchestra right. of me, or 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 um, you know, an instrument. Yeah, the same, right? Right. Yeah, I think those are that's amazing. So what I do is I will write out some chord progressions and some melodies mm-hmm. and have uh i have this five string electric violin so it goes down into the viola range mm-hmm. as well as way up into the violin range and so i'll write like maybe a four-part song following the same chords and mm-hmm. um uh, write out these different melodies and then layer them in slowly um as the yoga class sort of builds up and I'll have a microphone and I'll beatbox as well. I'll add that layer. <laughs> oh, of you beatbox too, huh? I like to beatbox. I also nice. have an octave pedal for my viola, so it'll go down um, into the range of a bass and a cello. Wow. So it ends up being this really nice full wow. sound hmm. uh, from just one instrument, basically two instruments if you count the beatboxing. Wow. And then I can take uh, the last layer in and out. So once I put the percussion in, um, mm-hmm. flowing with the yoga class there might be a moment of stillness of calm of like coming back to your center can drop the beat out and then it's uh, you know the, all the strings and then when they start getting moving again back into the flow drop the, the beat back in I had no idea it's that pretty that's simple did. but it's uh, really nice that is so friggin cool and so, then that's how I will write music that I'll then invite friends to collaborate on and jam over those same chords. And then I'll make uh, albums out of that. Wow. I'm in. Can I be a part of that? Sure. That sounds so fun. Yeah, I'd so, love to share the process with you I would. Sometime. I would love that. I would love that very much. So, yeah. Okay. I, I had no idea you did it's that. It's fun to collaborate with singers. Yeah, yeah. you do? I, well, I love the violin I love the, I mean that's one of my favorite instruments it's a beautiful beautiful instrument um, it's just something there you know it's just a powerful I don't know uh, it's just something yeah, about that soul the stirring yes it is it is a very soul stirring um, piece um, okay so I'm just I'm thinking in my mind I'm like he does what do you, so are you telling me that you do this when you teach yoga not when I teach yoga no it's always for other teachers I haven't quite mastered how to do it for my own 
yoga class. So, I think I would have to be at least co-teaching and go and like play the music while the other person's instructing. Okay. So and then I could let the loop play and then do some instructing myself. But I currently see. I'll just go to another teacher's yoga class. And do this for them? And do this for the so, class. So that's the music that you do. This is so That's cool. some of the music that I do. Earlier today I was just mm. practicing uh, with a guy in Eugene. Mm -hmm. He came up to Portland. I wasn't in Eugene, uh, but we're playing together in Eugene on Friday, no, Saturday. Um, this very traditional style of Indian chanting, um, mm. which has been a lot of fun to practice. Have you ever heard the word raga before? No. So the Western um, framework for music, you are familiar with major, minor scales, different yes. modes, the 12 note mm -hmm. uh, chromatic scale. Um, and chords and all of that. The Indian classical music it has a completely different framework. They have this totally different scale and mm -hmm, different modes. Mm -hmm. and um, So that's all called raga, the different I combinations okay. of notes that they have. All right. And it's a little more sophisticated, a little more subtle, actually. They have like quarter tones and mm. um, just the, they have different scales that are appropriate for different times of day and different seasons. I love it. Um, and they're all usually tied to um, the practice of like chanting mantra or mm -hmm. sacred poetry of some mm -hmm. kind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's this very ancient, almost lost art of chanting called Drupad. Um, and this guy in Eugene um, is giving a performance and uh, asked me to accompany him. So mm. I've been really out of my comfort zone learning all these strange melodies and the timing is also very different. There's huh. like seven beat, 12 beat, 16 beat, usually Western music's like exactly. four, four time or three, four time. Um, fascinating. So that's been fun too. That is really fun. You know, most people don't, you know, I, I could talk about sounds, a whole bunch of different things I've got on my head here, but doesn't that it's a different sound when you, 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 you know, you're talking about different beats, you're talking about different tones. It actually has creates something different within your body. Don't mm -hmm. you think it creates a different type of, because it's a different frequency. Yeah. It invokes a different feeling and different. It affects like, your body differently. Experience yeah. when I'm playing. It, yeah. It literally affects your body differently. You know, hearing uh, that type of uh, music. So uh, one uh, thing that I'd like to do is take some of these um, kind of new or, or stranger um, Indian style yeah. um, scales and sort of translate them more into a Western framework hmm. and put chords and um, melodies that I write kind of based on that structure and then make loops and uh, put that on my next album. Make some beautiful music. When are you going to do that? Uh, as soon as possible. Wow. Again, I'm offering. I'm like, this yeah. is so cool. No, I think I have a track uh, that you could be good for. That's awesome. Uh, with awesome. Uh, Saida Wright. With Saida. Yes, Saida. I have never met her in person. She is... T tell, tell me about Saida. Well, she um, is basically the reincarnation of Aretha Franklin. <laughs> She's amazing. She's an amazing yeah. singer. She sang with Liv Warfield. Uh, some people um, some people who I know, of course, Liv Warfield is a, um, a singer, performer, songwriter. She was here in Portland, Oregon, and she... Uh, was singing background for Prince. She actually, he found her on YouTube. That's cool. <laughs> he found a clip her on YouTube. And Sayeda was singing background, um, I believe, um, for, for Liv. And uh, if, if this is not right, we'll, we'll cut it out. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Sayeda did. 
Yeah. Uh, so, so that brings us into this thing. So you have a, let's t- talk about Hall Halls. Yeah. Uh, it's a recording studio. This is where you're doing things with, um, uh, there's a lot happening there. You and know what's going on there today? No. What's it's happening? crazy. Um, have you ever heard of Vance Joy? No. I had never heard of him either, to be honest. But he has um, half a million fans on Facebook. A lot oh of people goodness. have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big deal if you're into whatever music he's into. Um, they played at the Crystal Ballroom last night, and today they're filming a music video at the Hallowed Halls. Oh. And it is intense over there right now. The production crew is insane. They're filming a video there? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, feels like a Hollywood movie set there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. so many people and pieces of equipment it's moving around. And um, My favorite thing. <laughs> they're going to make the space look really beautiful like interesting I, yeah can you take um can you take photos so we can i asked my this? uh <laughs> yeah my friend who is helping me um yeah helping me help them right he, uh right. at one time we had to climb up onto a ladder to mess with the curtains and i asked him to take some pictures of the room from up there this sounds so fun um yeah very cool okay so Okay. So a lot of things happen there. A lot, okay, so let's go back. And a lot tell of music, everybody. a lot of events, and uh, everything in between. All right, so l- let's let's go back and tell. Can you tell, tell us the, the story? story? Yeah, how sure, did how sure, did sure. how did this come into place? So you said it was you know a, you know an old library, but how did this even happen? Right. So the history of the building is basically it was a library um, designed by the Carnegie Foundation, sort of built in collaboration with the local community to mm-hmm. be um, a place for public education to help people. Um, empower themselves you know Carnegie himself was an immigrant so the idea was the vision of America is that anyone can become educated and become successful Mm. Um, so the public library is a resource and so the community and the Carnegie Foundation built this library and it served the community for about 50 years Hmm. Um, this is in uh, like what's there it's it's called Foster Foster Powell yeah or um, it used to be called Arlita so the library's original name is the Arlita Library um, yeah, and then it uh, in the 70s um, became an office space for the county, for Multnomah County. Mm. And again, it has this legacy of serving the community programs for juvenile justice programs for immigration and poverty. And, um, and then we moved in um, about three years ago. So we renovated it, turned it into a recording studio, and... So we're still continuing the legacy of community service, but with this more musical twist. Um, plus, the, you know, the fact that I'm the owner of it, it has its own, yeah, you know, vibe to it. So, yeah, how I got involved with it feels a little bit uh, surreal. You know, some t- <laughs> like feel like the winds of fate just right. blew me. Um, they did. <laughs> <laughs> You can just skip over the innuendo <laughs> there. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, you do. You're you're a funny guy. <laughs> Thanks. So yeah, sometimes I feel like I just sort of woke up here, even though I could retrace my steps and see all the choices that I made. Um, basically, I was playing in a band with a friend of mine at the time, mm-hmm. and we had some moderate success. We recorded a few albums, went on a few tours around the country, but it became apparent that this was not going to pay the bills. Right. But we were both very passionate about music and um, wanted to figure out, okay, how can we have a business? How can we make money and mm-hmm. still be involved in music and doing what we love? So. Mm. The idea was to create a recording studio. 
And so this friend of mine knew that I had inherited some wealth. Mm-hmm. My mom died when I was a month shy of three. Oh. And her family, uh, her dad made a lot of money in his life. So when she died, I inherited, or actually when I turned 21. Um, yeah, anyway, again, so yeah, my exactly. friend knew that I had some money. I helped pay for some of the recording and touring. Uh, so he came to me with this idea of like, let's open a recording studio. And I was more into the teaching yoga and the playing music. I was like, I don't know if I want to start running a business, <laughs> but um, you can, you know. <laughs> so in my naivete, I uh, trusted someone without right. any business experience, both him and myself. Right. Uh, were naive and then um, so that relationship ended kind of poorly he turned out to be a little selfish or untrustworthy at the end of the day and um, so I had to really step in and be responsible for my own money no one's gonna take care of your own money for you was the hard lesson I learned Um, so here I find myself trying to make this business successful and um, let it be a service to the community at the same time Hmm. So now you have this new child <laughs> that you didn't play right, on. <laughs> and um, it has little legs. You know, it's like yeah. a little toddler. It's yeah. walking and talking. <laughs> um, it still has a long way to grow. Right, absolutely. Okay. So now this that that's all happened. Now you have a new vision for it. It sounds like. I mean, we've talked. Sure. Of course, it's always it's ever forming. Okay. The so vision. Tell us. Tell us what's what's that about? What's going on there? Yeah. So always from the beginning of my involvement with this, I've seen it sort of like as an epicenter, Mm. which is interesting Mm. because that's part of your vision too. Yeah. But like really just as like pulsing music out of it. I think of music as Mm. the language of the soul and a source of healing and connection for people. You know, it creates community, it creates culture and, um, it gives people a sense of connection to something deeper, right? Yes. No matter what genre it is, different people relate to music in different ways, but it could always be healing. It could always be a force for connection and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just a spiritual experience. So that's always been part of why I wanted to be involved in this business and been my intention from the get go. Um, yeah, with the event space, you know, it opens up a kind of a whole new world of possibilities. Right, what so you decided of, to not just do recordings there. which oh, right. right, and that was almost more of a financial choice. It was right. like, how do you make it sustainable? Making Meeting our bottom line with recording sessions mm-hmm. um, proved to be pretty challenging, but um, opening it up to events, and it's a beautiful space, and it it's has a, a lot of history, space. and yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people want to have events there, so thinking okay how can we serve the community beyond just recording music mm. it opens up a world of possibilities yeah. how do you let that energy that vibration go out everywhere in other pl- in other ways right so, so yeah there's um a lot of room for collaboration there yeah. and um that was how i ended up connecting with you exactly um yeah it was through actually it was through lydia uh, who, through Lydia, you know, she, through who, Shalom. That's right, through Shalom. <laughs> See all these connections, everybody? It always happens through, you know, people. People are the true, you know, th- we are the internet. We are the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's there's wealth in all this. And, and I, I'm so grateful that she did, you know, that they did uh, connect me to you because I love this space. I love your idea about it. Um, I definitely, um, of course, you know, I was like, let's, let's do something. So um, we're definitely going to be doing quite a bit there. We're going to do some events. Um, we call Elixir. 
uh, the live podcast series. I'm really, excited. I get to talk to you about that today. I had another vision. <laughs> okay. I just really. This is one of my favorites. Um, okay, so you talk. You you were talking about the you know they were doing the movies there, but so I want to do these live podcasts and you know we televise it, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course afterwards we have we have dinner. We have a dinner for everybody, uh, so they that can connect. So nice. And then that sound cool. Yeah. You know. Um, so I think that that one, of course, Elixir is a whole other thing. But you also do, you're also opening up to um, doing weddings there too. Cause it's, that's a, right. I mean, yeah. We've had a couple of weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, weddings are great cause um, yeah, people like to spend money they do. on their weddings. <laughs> the weddings feel less um, like, I mean, yeah, less like a really community right. oriented event. Right. But at the same time, um, just the fact that someone wants to get married in this space mm-hmm. um, has its own ripple effects and gives the space, you know, more of an outreach. That's right. right. People will be like, oh, yeah, you got married there. You know, that's cool. Yeah. I went to this random event there or I recorded my, you know, the community and the culture that is rippling out from the the building, from the business. Yes. Um it's beautiful that people want to get married there. It is. Yeah. Well, it's just such a great space. It's so open and he, and it's just, you know, it's like I'm in a recording studio and it's really cool. Um, yeah. If you're into that sort of thing. Yes. Some people don't want to get married in a recording studio. They don't. Well, that's why that they too. don't. <laughs> that's right. You get the people that want to. Um, okay. So you've had events there. You So there was a there was something I saw on the site. There was a, a, a filming a, a, going on not a filming going on but there was a film showing there a screening a screening uh-huh so what, what, what was that one about are you talking about the call to brotherhood film yes screening? yes you had a film screen so yeah a friend of mine a friend of the studios is a musician named max ribner max ribner who played and for he plays flugelhorn with medicine for the people medicine who's from portland oregon yeah yeah sort of uh from la these days right there but yeah. yeah is it naco or naco naco yeah, yeah. they lived in portland for a mm-hmm. long time yeah. traveled I remember seeing them Portland and Hawaii um so Max um yeah he's a good guy and his one of his missions right now one of the things that's motivating him is um creating a safe container for men to be open and honest and vulnerable Hmm. with each other yeah um so he calls his organization sacred brotherhood Hmm. and he um led a retreat and um, made this film called to brotherhood just to sort of open up the the door for men to know that it's okay to feel vulnerable it's okay to mm-hmm. have emotions and feel tender and all these things that our patriarchal society has tended to right. sort of squash and now it comes out in all these more violent right. oppressed yeah. ways right. like yeah in the media there's every day you know some powerful man abusing uh, his power in some way exactly yeah so i think it's a beautiful thing for men to feel safe with each other to be honest and to connect on a an emotional level and yeah so that's just one example of the sort of um positive effect that yes um the space is bringing yeah the space is bringing or that it could bring well about Max, so because I actually I saw a part of it, I think uh, a clip of it, and I was I was really impressed with what he was doing. Um, now, is this something that people that he's ha- has there all the time, or is this was just a one time thing? It was a one time thing. I think um, he might be on tour right now, 
Um, I know that he has a Facebook group mm-hmm. where people will post and he does and like, you know, reach out to each other like, hey, yeah. this is what I'm going through. And people support each other through that medium. And then also he does periodic calls like, you know, you call into this group call and oh. different men wow. uh, share with each other there. Wow. I'd love I'd love to actually meet him. You said you were going to connect us one of these days. So, yeah, I'd love to. I'm going to put that out there again so you had a lot a lot of people recording and it sort there. of inspired me too i have since um joined a men's group just uh mm. a three-person you know more sort of intimate style but with two friends of mine mm-hmm. you guys started a group or? yeah so there we've had three <laughs> or we'll have our third one this week um meetings and i've been exploring that sort of vision that max Seated, uh, he seated the vision, and then I've been exploring how does that wow. help me personally. Is that something that you're going to do on a small group, or are you going to bring that to actually to Hollywood Halls and you do know, something? You know, I w- on a- would like to bring it to Hollywood Halls. I think yeah. so. The three of us um, are sort of figuring out our structure and how mm. we, we could co-facilitate a larger group. Yeah, um, and we're thinking maybe every week the three of us meet, and every month we'll at the Hollywood right. Halls. Exactly. I think that would be great. I would love to be a part of that as well. That's something that uh, it's very needed, you know, especially with men, whatever, you know, race, color, sex, you know, identity, whatever it is, um, it's it's very important. So I I appreciated that with Max. Um, So he's also, he was also recorded that year, or has he? Yeah, he has. Um, He recorded on my own album, and then he has uh, done some other recordings for himself and for Nako. Okay. At the studio, yeah. You're, so speaking of your, your album, uh, what's, you, you have what? How many albums do you have out? Because I saw... Um, there's two that I've personally been the creative overseer for. Okay. Um, so that's not including back in the day when I was in a band. I see. Yeah. Okay, but these, these latest ones that are more... You're you. you know, yeah. Just you. They're more me. You've had... You collaborated with some interesting people. I like uh, collaborating with interesting you, people. You are a collaborator. You, yeah. Of, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, some people like to do it all themselves. Right. And that's cool. Um, but I feel like it's so much richer and more interesting and unknown and mysterious uh, and beautiful when you bring in other people because there's no way you could ever imagine what energy they're going to bring and what feelings they're going to feel. Um yeah, I love collaborating. Picking the right people to collaborate with is a skill. It is. Um, that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm getting pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. <laughs> so, uh, And you, then I get to make all the executive creative choices. Exactly. They bring in all the things I could never imagine. And then I get to decide what I like for my album. Yeah. But, yeah, it's oh, fun. I know. I'm, I'm so excited to actually record there as well. Um, so you've had... You had someone, you had a lot of people on your album, but um, you work with um, Max. Mm-hmm. Did Saida ever record for you yet? No, I okay. met Saida through Max. Um, okay. I saw her perform she performs with him. With him. Mm-hmm. They did a show at the Hallowed Halls. Um, and then she was also there for the film screening. Um, so I've connected with her a few times through Max. And um, I told her, I have you in mind for this track. Got it. Um, but I haven't uh, made the demos to send right. out yet. Now, there was someone else. You, um, I know BB, who you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, I know you are. I know. I was gonna say. I'm like trying to lead up to that. <laughs> so, so you recorded BB McGill. Is that how you say her name? BB McGill, who was the guitarist 
lead guitarist for Beyonce. It's quite a claim to fame. Yeah, so she's she lives here in Portland. I actually have a friend who helped. Um, you would love to meet BB. That everybody keeps saying it, and <laughs> my friend he worked with her because uh, she did a um, I think a little advertisement for these. Um, I don't know what it was, but like a, not a speaker, but what do you call it? An amp uh-huh. that was made out of this. It was really cool. Anyway, she, she, they did a trade and, um, he was on that project, but yeah. And I keep hearing her name and she had some kale chip brands. And I, I was like, yeah, what the world? And she was She's yoga. She's a mover and a shaker. She is. And I, I do want to meet her. Um, I was just, um, actually at her house not too long ago. She had Tina and I over for oh, really? tea <laughs> and uh, I was super sweet. And one thing that she's doing in the community right now, which is really awesome, is an all people of color yoga class. Wow. Um, right, because... Because a lot of people of color actually, and I, if you don't know me, I'm a person of color, uh, you know, don't... Sometimes they're like, what's yoga? What do you, what's that? That's right, it on. doesn't feel accessible to right. all exactly. communities. Um, BB was saying how she's often only the only the person only of, of color, color yeah. at different events that she loves to go to that are related to yoga and spirituality in yeah. Portland. Um, it can be probably intimidating and not feel very open or welcoming to a person of color just because of the... Um, a lack of diversity that we have here. The whiteness. All the, the whiteness. whiteness. No, no, no. I love quick the Quick aside, yeah. you want to hear something kind of funny sure. that I <laughs> found out recently? My um, ancestors, mm. I've been doing a little genealogy work, Ooh. and my ancestors um, came here from England um, on the Mayflower. So they were some of the very first mm. people to come to wow. this country. And guess what their name was? What? White. <laughs> So we were of the course. very first we're white the, people <laughs> who came here. See, I told you you're a funny guy. <laughs> they were white. Yeah. So they were from England. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just like one, right, right. one line. One line of it. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had a, the DNA, that little, you know, t- test? That they, um, I just ordered it, actually. Did you have to do the swap in your you It's know, still your coming in the mail. I haven't done uh, it yet. I really want to do that. It's not very, it doesn't cost very much, like $100. It's on sale for $70. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Through can the holidays. Get, how many can you get? One or two? Uh, you can get as many as you want. And I think but, th- your fourth people, one is free. But why do you get four? I mean... Uh, just for other people, yeah. <gasps> like, I got two. One for myself, one for Tina. I'm doing it. Uh, for the, her holiday it. present. Oh, Bibi, uh, we were talking about Ancestry with her. She did it, and she said it totally changed her life and rocked her world. Why? She found out that she was 76% African. And she was just so excited to know that about herself. Did she Did she not know that before? Did she think she was? She, she didn't know, yeah. Wow. You know, it is amazing. I mean, my family is so, so mixed. So, you know, people go, oh, you're, you know, you're black, you have dark skin. But um, I have a lot of uh, European, Caucasian uh, uh, in my family, a lot. And, and I'm curious about it all. And I'm curious about yeah. the African. I'm curious about, I mean, I hear stories, you know, you know, people, Indian. I want to know, I want to know uh, what those things right. are. And I think it does change your perspective. I had first found about this watching them. The skin a, doesn't reveal that much. It does not. People think the skin, well, that's what you are, but it isn't. There's a guy, he was the one that was doing these. I forgot the name of the document. It's not really a documentary. It's a show. Um, it was on, you know, 
PBS or whatever, and that's how I would see these things. And mm-hmm. um, and you know, he had Oprah on there and all these other people. Yeah, I um, saw a few clips. You know what I'm talking about? Because Oprah, Larry Oprah, David, and Bernie Sanders are cousins. Yes, yes. isn't that crazy? <laughs> Not that crazy. <laughs> well, you know, um, but he had Oprah on there who has no. She's completely African. She has no nothing in her except for African. She's a complete 100% African, and she said she always knew that. And I thought that was amazing. But other people like himself, the uh, the host of the show, um, he, you know. Was he, it Lester Holt? Mm-mm. No. I forgot his name. Um, okay. I forgot his name, but, you know. Oh, well. uh, anyway, he hosted, you know, and he's black, quote unquote, you know, light skinned black. But it turns out, <laughs> you know, that most of his DNA is European. He's actually Irish, mostly Irish. <laughs> but he's like, you know, wait a minute. I'm not all brother. You know, but it's interesting, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you, if you got a little dark, I'm not a black person. Well, that's it's not telling you, you know, all the different right. things about that. And, um, you know, it's something to to really be thinking about. But on that note, I can keep talking to you all day, and now I'm now I'm just like, yeah, these cool conversations. Right. Let's get um, back on track here. Uh, so, okay, so you've recorded, you record BB, all these people. Um, let's leave it off. You know, for we're obviously going to have you back quite a bit because we have we're collaborating. Um, you know, that's right. You're people. part of the family. I am. I am. I'm happy about that. We're going to start doing events in January. We're going to do some stuff in January um, uh, that we're we going to have talk one about. event coming up. Uh, when the 16th, right? <laughs> no. In, in December? No. No. No, no. That we have to, that we, do we not tell him that? Do we, I have Shannon here, my other cohort here. We're like, what's, he's like, wait a minute, what's happening? Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought we had that no, on the calendar. No, we didn't. We have to, we have to talk about that. That's what we're doing right after this show. <laughs> okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're doing something in January. Um, and then we're going to start doing something every month. And so, we're going to co-create those with you. And uh, I really want it to be, uh, just as you said, a space where people can come. It's really, to me, the first action center that we are helping support. Um, and I, I am honored. I really want people to uh, support this and to support us. There's going to be a lot of music going on, uh, a lot of innovation, um, a lot of community things, films, whatever they are. And so I'm just putting that out there to everybody. You know, uh, check it out. Check out Hallowed Halls. And where can they where can they find all your stuff? Right. So our website is the Hallowed Halls. So that's T H E H A L L O W E D H A L L S. The Hallowed Halls dot com. Hallowed Halls. Okay. And if you Google the Hallowed Halls. It'll come right up. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So that will um, tell you a little bit about, you know, what the recording studio features. If you're interested in that as a musician or an audio engineer, and you've got really good prices. You guys, you got really good. We're prices. very competitive. Yeah. <laughs> For what we offer, you know, it's, I would it's say amazing. Um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and Just trust um, me. <laughs> Yeah, you can also see a, a lot of beautiful videos, see some of the artists that have been there. Um, you can see upcoming events like um, later this month, one of my favorite musicians, Yusuf Sidibe. He's a mm. Senegalese kora player. Mm. You know the kora, the West African harp made out of no, a gourd? No, Oh, it's ooh, such ooh, a beautiful instrument. Ooh. And um, he has such a beautiful heart the way he plays it and mm. expresses his love. He's a Sufi. Um mm. Yeah, which is like... Uh, what is a Sufi? A Sufi is a Islamic mystic, basically. Mm. Um, yeah. So like like a yogi, like any mm-hmm, mm-hmm. spiritual philosopher, you know, yeah. Sufi's just coming from the tradition of Islam. But once you get to that place of mysticism, it's all kind of... It doesn't matter how you got there. Exactly. It's um, a, we're all, we're the, heart, all one. the heart is the same. Yes. So 
yeah yusuf Sidibe is a very beautiful very inspiring musician and yeah. human and um you can find out information about that on okay. our uh, upcoming page. You can find out information about weddings if you're interested in that. We have some beautiful photos and, um, yeah, information and about that and history of the building. That's all on our website. Great. And then soon, of course, the events that we'll be having there. Uh, with yeah, the, they, the cocoon, will they will be, be there. right on that. I'm excited. Slash upcoming but not December sixteenth. No, that <laughs> Sorry. one is off. Calendar. We'll work on we'll work on that communication here. Um, and so, lastly, also, where do they find your music? Your your amazing music. Yeah. So um, the two albums that I have recorded most recently are under one is under the name The Mysterious They, mm. and that one is a little bit more groovy, upbeat, like a little more electronic production, um, more designed for some sort of movement practice, whether that's dance or yoga or yeah. whatever floats your boat um so the mysterious they the inspiration behind that name is whenever someone says like they say blah 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 whoever <laughs> they are it's just funny because we were just talking about this we had a thing about they we, we just did a podcast yeah. about it <laughs> so the mysterious they is um a name that i've that's chosen cool. to make music under and the okay. album that we record is called so they say mm. and the next album that i'm envisioning right now getting ready to record is going to be the continuation of that mm. project the mysterious they and then the other one i recorded which i was talking about before uh we started recording is a mantra album so mm. i was actually nice. singing on that um, so that's a little more mellow. There's still some drums, but there's hardly any electronic production. Uh, it's all hand drums. Uh, it still grooves, but it's more to kind of just like sit or listen to or chant yeah. along with. And yeah. it really facilitates more of a stillness uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. just, you know mantra and nice. um i think it's they're both very good i think they're both perfect they're beautiful I, I listen to them it's be um, beautiful music perfect as i could have made them yeah. at that time yeah and now i look back on them and be like oh you know i've grown a lot and i could do you know even better exactly but, the next evolution of it um i'm very proud of them yes they're beautiful pieces and uh where do people buy them Right, so if you search The Mysterious They, mm -hmm. or um, the mantra album is under the name Joss Kadan, which is spelled J-A-S-K-A-R-A-N. Oh, um, I never thought that. Yes, Joss Kadan, <laughs> or if Kadin. you were, um, you know, sounding it out more with English phonetics, like Joss Karin, right. um, or Joss Kandarin, <laughs> if, if you like. If you're American. If you're American. If you're American. Yeah. Um, so, but Just Cutting is a, a name that I received from uh, the Kundalini Yoga community. So these mantras, ah. I also learned from the practice of Kundalini Yoga. Okay. For anyone who's familiar, it's the Aquarian Sadhana mm -hmm. mantras, which is a specific set of mantras mm -hmm. that are chanted for a certain length of time in a certain order. And um, But beyond that, you can... Uh, sing them in any melody. So many artists have recorded Aquarian Sadhana I see. albums. So I, this right. is just my contribution. Exactly. So, and so, and they can yeah. buy. Can they go to your website and and the Hallowed Halls, or do they go to your website itself? Uh, you could find the links from the Hallowed Halls if you go to the bottom of our about page. Uh -huh. I have a little bio, but otherwise, yeah, just the mysterious they it's just this mysterious day. Okay. dot bandcamp dot com or justcotton dot bandcamp dot com. Okay. Wow. Okay. Greg, 
Thanks for this is uh, this was great. I, I really appreciate. I just you're such a calm. I, I told everybody. Every you know. time we get together, I feel like we could just like keep talking yeah. forever. Well, see, this is what I mean. So I actually this is kind of eye opening to me. I've been I've been busy and you know working with so many different people, and it's funny. I was at a meeting last night, and you know this potential quote unquote investor, and I get excited, you know, to help make things move, and and then I find out that these people just they're not collaborators, and. I think I'm done. Not think I'm done. It's like, why do I always do this chasing after things instead of just moving with people, flowing where it's fun and it's exciting and it feels good, you know? Um, yeah, you know, that's a hard I, thing to do when we have all this pressure from society right. that puts so much importance on money and capitalism. And um, yeah, it's hard to feel like naturally supported just by yourself, by the right. universe, by your heart. Um yeah, I struggle with that every day. Yeah. It's something that I've, you know, that I quote unquote preach and teach. And yet I still <laughs> find myself doing these things. Well, you know, that's, that's part of it. We're learning. But um, it just feels, you feel, your energy always feels so good. And, and, and I thank you for that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, to working with you on a continual basis. And so take note of this. My other producer over here, Shannon, we're going to, let's, let's get this done. I'm excited. So thank you. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you back. And I think you have a lot to share. There's a lot of things I want to explore there. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So again, holdhalls.com. The holidays. The holidays.com. Okay. And this is Greg. So we appreciate you. Thank you all so right. much, Michael. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Open Door podcast series. The Open Door is part of the Cocoon, the creative action centers of online open source networks. Tune in weekly where we share ideas on consciousness, health, and creativity. Together, we are taking action where the 99% transform into 100%.